Hi, you've tuned in to the Lovely Travels podcast where we talk about all things travel and adventure. My name is Emma Lovell, also known as Lovely, and I have a mission to visit every UN-recognised country in the world while raising awareness for mental health. Join me as we revisit some of my past adventures, speak to fellow travellers and interesting locals, all while following the journey to 195 countries. I'll be joined soon by my co-pilot, Darius, in Germany. And sometimes we're even going to hit the road together. Make sure to join in the adventure by following me on Instagram, Lovely Travels. You can also join our Facebook group, Lovely Travels Community, and learn more about us at the website, lovelytravels.com. But for now, it's listening time. Travel vicariously along with us. Welcome back to the Lovely Travels podcast. How are you doing today, Darius? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm very well and I'm very much looking forward to uh, this episode uh, because it's one of uh, one of my friends and former colleagues and someone I got to travel with. So The, the infamous Susie Sanofsky. That was very well pronounced, yes. (laughs) So Susie and I worked together at World Vision Australia. Um, Well, actually, when I met her, I wasn't working there. I went on a trip to Uganda and um, she was the photographer and Mm. um, she made a, took beautiful photos and um, videos and we, but we actually just had a really awesome little crew and then, um, yeah, uh, about six months later, I got a, I had a contract at World Vision so we became colleagues and oh, we that's nice. sort of both of us came in and out of the organisation that we say with World Vision, it's a revolving door. You never really <laughs> leave. You uh, you keep coming back, um, which will talk more about her work there. So I'm um, not currently choose. I just must preface that we are both, no, no, neither of us are representing World Vision. We are both former employees of World Vision Australia and World Vision International. Um, the opinions uh, presented are your own and not World Vision's. Back uh, off, lawyers. Yes. Yeah, so she will share a little bit about um, some time, some trips she's had. She's done a lot of travel with World Vision, um, and I have been fortunate also to travel with World Vision. But she's also just done a lot of travel in her life and and through the nature of her work uh, and her wonderful skills of photography, she's had the pleasure mm. of visiting heaps of places. So we just had. Probably could have talked for hours, just as I'm doing now. <laughs> yep. uh, so we probably should cut to it and have a little listen. Yeah, let's get into it. Welcome today. We have Susie Sanowski here, who is my former World Vision colleague and a very avid traveller. So welcome, Susie. <laughs> and so... I mean, I've just probably given it away, but um, <laughs> no, tell us a little bit about you and maybe a little bit about, yeah, how we know each other. Uh, I am from Melbourne, Australia, and I currently live in Melbourne, Australia. And as many people know, we uh, are in lockdown at the moment, so not a lot of travelling happening at the moment. I uh, can't go further than five kilometres from my house. Uh And I have worked at World Vision for 14 years. It's actually 14 years this week. Happy anniversary. And so in the early early years I started working, I actually didn't travel, but then a few years on the travel started. And then 
we know each other, Emma. We went to Uganda in 2014, was it? It was, yes. It was, 2014. <laughs> and I've been on a lot of trips. And, in fact, I've been to Uganda more than once as well, so sometimes don't necessarily remember the year. But, yeah, we went with a, a couple of others from World Vision and Eden Riley as well. It was a very memorable and very fun trip. Well, that means a lot to me, yes, because you've been on many, many trips and you were at the time doing, like, photography and some video, but you have done quite a few roles over the time, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So on on that trip, I was the photographer, and yes, I did definitely did shoot some video as well. Since then, so in about twenty fifteen, in twenty fifteen, I went to Jordan, and I was the communications director for World Vision Syria Response. And so since about twenty fifteen, I've been in more leadership roles, but still do lots of hands on um, video editing and shooting and writing and all of that, which is which I still really enjoy. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And so you answered one of my other questions already, which is where are you from or where do you live uh, that you've kind of got a, well, yeah, you're from Melbourne, but you've got a, a heritage that's quite interesting. Well, my uh, parents are ethnically Albanian and they themselves were born and raised in the former Yugoslavia and what is now the Republic of North Macedonia, I believe it's now called as of like last year, but they are ethnically Albanian, just like Mother Teresa. <laughs> and uh, I have, uh, have travelled to the former Yugoslavia once when I was a tiny little kid and I don't remember the trip, and then once when I was in my 20s, which was really fun. I was there with my mum and my sister and uh, I still have... Um, and, and uncle and aunties and nephews, uh, uh, sorry, cousins there as well. Uh, and at the time, the last time I visited, I still had my grandmother. Unfortunately, she's passed away since then. Mm. Um, but I actually have been to Albania too, once, believe it or not, on a World Vision trip, which is fairly random. And then I went about three or four years ago, and it's really, really beautiful, stunning mountains. Uh, it was pretty easy to get around because I do speak Albanian. I felt very at home there, probably not that surprising really, but I had a great time. I really did. Yes, I was going to ask if you speak Albanian and is it, what does it sound like? I don't speak it that well, but I understand it really well. It's kind of a bit, there are some, it's Latin based and there are some words that are similar to Italian and French. Yeah. So would you like me to same, you know, I don't know. Same. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to have an Albanian guest anytime soon. I <laughs> yeah, don't know. There aren't that many, there aren't that many of us. Unicam Embrin Susana, which means my name is Susana. Susana is my actual birth name, uh, which is quite an Albanian name and obviously it's a bit of an international name as well. Um, I don't know, I could say lots of other things. I don't know what else you'd like me to say. Uh, you could, maybe you could say that you visited there and that it was very beautiful. Which means I've been to Albania and it's a very beautiful place. Oh, that's very cool. I'm glad I could remember how to say it. <laughs> You're like, do you want me to say it? And then wait, wait, can I say it? Oh, yeah. well, you've got to switch the brain a little bit. I do yeah, the same. And it's, even if I, I understand it very well. Like a lot of Aussie kids, our parents spoke to us in a different language and we answered back in English. So my my understanding is a lot better than my speech. But 
when I was in Albania, I was actually surprised at how decent my Albanian was because I didn't have a choice. You're in a taxi and you're like, this guy doesn't speak English, so Albanian it is. I think uh, taxis and um, small shops are the best place to practice the language because they really, you know, funnily enough, taxis, you'd think that they would, but no, they so often don't. And you're like, I have to communicate. I need to get somewhere. So you you quickly pick up some words and, and make it happen. Pointing is helpful except when they're driving and yeah. <laughs> trying to Keep your eye out. on the road. <laughs> yeah, but listen yeah. to my terrible language skills. No, yours were good. But, um, no, it's really cool. I, I remember I met an Albanian guy when I was living in London and it was just like, I just sounded, it just sounds so exotic. You're just like, where is Albania? Like, it's just. There are only a few million people in the country itself. And th- you don't meet that many Albanians. It's not like, you know, in Melbourne, there's like lots of Italians and lots of Greeks and, you know, that kind of thing. But Albanians, there's little pockets of Albanians around the place, but there aren't that many of us. Yeah, it was very, it made me want to go. And so it's like, um, you know, it's definitely on the list as um, oh, go. many other it's countries. Beautiful. Yeah. And how did your parents go? So did they just choose to come, if you don't mind me asking, or did they? don't mind you asking at all. They did choose to come. Uh, it was 1971 when they came to Australia. The plan was to come for two years. The plan was to go to Sydney. Somehow they ended up in Melbourne. It was the 70s, whatever. Um, and they And my mum's sister was already here. And they stayed for two years and then I think back then it was just, it was a lot. Australia was looking for people to come in. Mm-hmm. They were looking for more workers and then after the two years they decided they still liked it. And then uh, I was born two years after they arrived actually. So I was born here and uh, one of my brothers was also born here and then my other two siblings were born overseas and then my parents have been here ever since and, I mean, they've been citizens for a long time as well and, and they, they love Australia. They, they're they very glad they moved here. That's really That's cool. Really cool. Uh, my parents came 10 years later and the same story, um, you know, come for a year, end up here first. So they'll have their 40th anniversary next year, which means your parents will have their 50th, which is pretty cool. Yes. In Australia, and it's it is nice to hear. I think there was um, at that time, yeah, they did really want, especially Europeans. They were inviting them to come, so it is nice to hear that people had. I mean, I'm sure the language was a barrier, but had a bit more of a welcome experience. Whereas you know now we we know that some people don't get that. Yeah, oh, my mum, my mum got her first job. I think, and she had little kids too. Within a week or something of getting here, she walked into a factory, I think it was in Broadmeadows, she knew the word job, literally that's the only word she knew, and she got a job and working on a production line. I can't remember what her first job was, uh, but and basically she's worked ever since then. So it was it was a different time. Yeah, good on them though. That's really cool. And now it's a tough question. Um, well, one, do you know your country count? And then two of those countries you've been to, it's a big question, do you have a favourite? I don't know my exact country count. I would imagine it's got to be well over 60, I would say, but I don't know for sure. And then there's there's always the, you know, what, what, what constitutes having visited a country? 
And then a friend of mine's like, well, you have to have gone there intentionally, you have to have slept there one night. I, I don't know. It, years ago, a friend of mine wanted to know how many countries I'd been to, so she made me go through them. But that was years ago, and I've been to a lot since then. So I think back then it was 50, so I don't know. Maybe it's over 60. But like you, Emma, some countries I've been to like half a dozen times to yeah. one country. Yeah. Uh, Favourite country... It's that's a very difficult question to answer, but the country that uh, one country I've been to many times and I feel very comfortable there is Italy. Mm. It's definitely one of the favorites. It's hard to pick one favorite, it's kind of like you know, picking your favorite child or picking your favorite nephew or niece. Yeah, but uh, and I have studied Italian as well, so that helps, but I just feel I don't know, it's hard to explain, but I feel at home there. And how good is pizza? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> well, I I sort of, I had only been to Italy the first time in 2018 and I, everybody loves Italy. And and if people who've never travelled or travelled very little want to go to Italy. And I, I get a bit like if something's popular, I don't want to like it. So I'm like. I like that too. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, whatever, what's this? And I was like, I think, you know, I think I'll like it and stuff like that. And then we went and. I totally got it. It's it is very romantic. It is very beautiful. They have a wonderful way of life and a wonderful approach to life. And you just feel, I mean, not so much in Rome, but um, you feel that the energy level, like in in Tuscany sort of region, and, and we were down in Positano, the energy level is just sort of like chill, and it's just this nice vibration of lifestyle. Wine at lunchtime and. About six, seven, maybe the year, a couple of years before I met you, I did a week-long painting course mm. in uh, in Umbria, which is the um, region next to Tuscany, and it was just like you imagine. I was in this like 400-year-old villa and there was amazing food and wine at lunchtime and painting. It was the greatest. It was so much fun. I, I definitely have a great it. attitude, you know, and they like you know, they've got their businesses and whatever and they, they work the way they need to and um, and then they live the way they want to as well and, and appreciate good food. And I don't actually always love Italian restaurants in Australia, um, uh, probably same in America, like I find it very big and heavy and things like that. But over there it's not. It's It's proportioned well and you can eat very rich, lovely food, but you're not eating like so excessively. Um, yeah, and the pizza is as pizza should be. It's thin and there's like three ingredients on it as opposed to heaped and heaped with, you know, the way pizza's changed over the years. But I'm definitely a pizza snob because I have, I think I've tasted some of the world's best pizza. Yeah, that's fair. And it's funny though because like every place you go, you know, we were in like uh, Latvia and we were, or Lithuania, sorry, and we were like, where should we go for dinner? And they're like, oh, there's the best pizza restaurant down the road. And you're like, no, it's like every place has an Irish bar, every place has a pizza place. And so just, true. And it's the best, though. It's the best. And you're like, is it better than Italy? Like, is it? <laughs> but okay. Do you know what's weird? Do you know what's really weird? I, for me, probably the best lasagna I've had in my life, and people are going to be like, what, was actually in Ulaanbaatar in Mongolia. There is an amazing Italian restaurant, <laughs> and it was, for me, probably the best lasagna I've had in my life. I, that is funny. And you know what? Um, I'm sort of, I'm not intentionally name dropping, but I happened to be there with Melissa Doyle, who used to host Sunrise, yeah. World Vision Ambassador. And we, not just Melissa and I, but the others who were there, the Channel 7 crew, 
we went there again the same week because it was so good. To be fair, Mongolian cuisine is not great. It's so maybe pretty it was, heavy. Mm. Maybe it was we were comparing. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was because we were comparing it to the local cuisine. Anyway, but Mongolia is fantastic. That's yeah, it. well, it's funny because people have been asking like lately, and I even put a question in the group the other day for the travel group. Um, you know, what's your favorite holiday? And that's a big question, but for us, I guess it's quite front of mind. But we did um, two weeks there last year, and it was just. I'm so glad we did a tour, and just just to go out and see the regional parts and everything like that. But I think it's just like like you we've been to so many places and you can usually like pick out things you go oh that's like this or that's like that there were parts of Mongolia that I was like I cannot put my finger on it it looks like nothing I've ever seen it feels like nothing I've ever experienced and it was very unique it is very unique and there's so few people there's like one person to a thousand animals or something (laughs) I don't know what the numbers are but you're just driving along and I've been there twice with World Vision. And one of the car trips we did to get to the World Vision project was 12 hours. I feel like we saw about three people on that trip, but a whole lot of yaks and horses and other animals. It's just, and the way people live in the gurs or the yurts, as they're commonly called yeah. here. I have a little one, I have a little mini yurt just here, actually. It's just so unique. I'm with you. And it's the very extreme climate. And I was there at the beginning of summer, so I was there like climate-wise, the best time of the yes. year. But I'd actually find it really interesting to go there in the middle of winter and just see what it's like. Yeah, that would be yeah. really hectic. And you went with you went with Tam, didn't you? And and Ken, did you go with Ted, Ken Duncan? Ken Duncan, yeah, yeah. So that was the second. No, that was the. I don't know. It was one of the times I went anyway. Yeah, but we yeah World Vision produced a book about mothers and children. And we went to two countries that couldn't be more different to each other, Bangladesh followed by Mongolia. And I'd been to both countries and I said to them, we're going to want to go to Bangladesh first because that is, it's such an interesting place, but it is very hectic. Mm. And then we're going to want to ease into and then go to Mongolia. You don't want to go the other way around. I think it would be a bit too shocking to go from hardly any people to 160 million people in this tiny country. Oh, yeah. wow. Ken Duncan's one of my favourite photographers ever. When I saw that book and I found out that you guys had been on that trip, I was like a little fangirl and I'm like, oh, my God, what was it like? And, oh, my God, the photos are so, like, the photos are beautiful. Like, and that's so cool that World Vision does those collaborations and those projects and, you know, yeah, gets to show the communities in that way. And, and he's oh. great. He's great fun to travel with. We spent I don't know, two or three weeks together. Yeah, oh, we had man. we had a really good time. Oh, I just I always remember he's a gallery, I think, in um QBB and I would always go and visit. <laughs> so yeah, that was me me fangirling a bit when I got there. Um and you just uh, you know, the, the funny thing is you sort of I think sometimes you think of these trips when you hear someone traveling for work, it can sound a bit luxurious but it's not always that is it is it Susie it certainly is not no <laughs> I've had some I don't think I don't think I got sick on our the trip to Uganda did I I don't think any of us did nah, we no potato, I've definitely, potato. <laughs> uh, I've definitely I mean lots of time you know you don't get sick but sometimes I one one work trip I went on to India 
nearly some half of the group got there a week before um, we did because they were doing something a bit different and some of them were hospitalized and then by the time I got there I did get a bit sick but I was able to manage it by there was this you probably tasted them there was one flavor of chips or crisp Spanish tomato tango I think they are it's literally all I could eat for two days I had no appetite for anything else but Spanish tomato tango and probably coke because you know coke and that's so I kept working and I, I didn't take any time off and I thought if I just eat those I can keep going, but I cannot eat anything else. So, yeah, it was kind of, yeah. And I'm a bit, when I pick up my camera, I go, well, I suppose you've seen it, but I go into a different zone. It's like a, not in a bad way, but it's like a photography blackout. So when we did this photo shoot in this slum in India, like I walked in there not feeling well. And when I picked up that camera, I actually kind of forgot that I wasn't well Mm. and we did this shoot for five hours and at the end I thought oh that was fine but now I kind of don't feel well again it was weird it was like (laughs) the camera the camera made me feel better I guess it's you know when you're focused on your work yeah no you do get very focused and uh, you have some pretty strict rules I've never been (laughs) told to take my sunglasses off Oh, sunglasses. <laughs> off your head, off your face. Yeah. Put your phone down. Yeah. Put that pen down. Stop fiddling. <laughs> you, you made me look good. We got some amazing photos though, and I um I'm one to just I muck in. You know, they're like, oh, can somebody go and like interact a little bit more? And I'm like, yep. So we were in this little hair salon in Uganda, and oh. uh, they were doing braiding, and I said. I want my hair braided. Can can I do that? And they said sure. And then they started to do it. And, you know, they do the braids pretty tight. So they're like yanking on my hair and I'm trying to smile, but they're also kept whispering to each other. And I sort of said to the guy, well, what, what are they saying? And they said, oh, your hair's a bit hard. To, they, they don't know how to, to do your hair because their hair's, I guess, a lot coarser and different textures so they they kind of did this little like, I don't know, plait on the top of my head and they're like, oh, you're done. <laughs> quite what I was going for but it's so different yeah your hair and and my hair as well it's so different to African hair for sure yeah but they were they, the photos are very funny of me like smiling while my my head has been yanked back uh in Google the... or any of those I remember it now but are any of those photos online I'll have to get some out for um I'll yeah. put them up I, I think I still have the I I was a bit cheeky uh, when I because when I started working there, I was like, "Can I see them?" And I basically downloaded them all to my Dropbox. <laughs> I was like, "I want them all." Um, but we also had a bit of a moment. Uh, I left a bit early from Uganda, so um, I just the way I booked my trip, I had to leave early, and we did an interview each day. So Susie would video me each day, and we'd sort of do a piece to camera. Uh, and I'd had a bit of a rough morning, but I was also quite sad to go. And uh, I had a very emotional day the day before. <laughs> so I went to poor Susie's room and doing this video and I just was bawling. And I'll put the video up in the in um, as well. I'll share that. I've got it. Um, I'm just crying my eyes out in this video because and then I made Susie cry and then. <laughs> I thought the people cry. I always cry, yeah. We were, we were but all, um, but it was, I said, you know, said, oh, are you comfortable for me to use that? And I said, it's real. That's how I felt. Um, it was great, and is yeah. When it's when it's real, it's it's always good. Do you remember that classroom we met? We went to, uh, and it was set up specifically for 
there were some some children in the class with, I think, hearing and sight impairments. Do you remember that classroom? That might have been when I was gone with uh, oh. when you went to the um, slums. Mm. There. I don't know. Oh, okay. Maybe you weren't there. Eden was anyway. That that's probably the most beautiful, and I don't mean in just how it looked, but the most beautiful classroom I've ever been to. There was so much love. There was so much thought put into really making sure that every child's needs in that class were just it was just so lovely. I just I haven't thought about that in a while actually, but it was really lovely. We are so we were so fortunate. I, I'm so I'd been to um, I've been a World Vision sponsor since I was seventeen, so it's sixteen years now. Um, but I went on a trip with um, I used to do the charity challenges, so I went with Lucy, um, and she was the photographer, and I was the the tour leader for the group, and and we were twenty people, yeah, to Cambodia. Mm-hmm. So that was my first. Oh no, it wasn't. I lie. That was my first time visiting a, a community project. I guess, with a World Vision group, but I had been to visit my sponsored child in Tanzania, so I'd, I'd had that that experience. And I, I feel like, you know, and it's hard now for everybody, obviously, but it's a, such a wonderful thing that um, World Vision offers that uh, sponsors can go at their own cost to visit uh, the children and to share those stories. And I, when I then I, when I worked with World Vision, I got to in the media team. I actually used to share the supporter stories, and I really loved that because seeing somebody who looks like you in the context of those communities where you sponsor sort of made it real. Because sometimes people, I think, you know, they do sponsor and, and all that, but it's it's very far away. Um, so then to go, oh, my friend Emma, or a girl that looks like my friend is there with that child seeing the impact of that work, it makes such a difference. And we're very fortunate to have seen the work. Where in Tanzania did you, is your sponsored child or was your sponsored child? Uh, like near to Arusha, near to um, Mount Kilimanjaro. So um, I, yeah, I've been to a World Vision project around there as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, might be the same. never could tell you where to go. Like we, you know, we drove on a bumpy road for like, to our as with all world vision projects pretty much but we drove like the road towards moshi where mount kilimanjaro is and then we turned off and that's where i got the idea to do that and then i went back but um yeah it was around there that's the world vision project i've been to but that was my very first trip to africa my very first world vision trip actually wow. to Tanzania. Yeah. no way 2008 seven or eight yep and were they um like kind of a maasai tribe or Maasai people? Yeah, from memory, they, yes, they certainly were dressed like that. There are di- there are some, because I've been to Kenya as well, and there are some tribes that kind of look like Maasai, but they're not actually Maasai, although I'm pretty sure that was. So it's quite close to the Kenyan border as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. I love Tanzania. Yeah, because like with the one, I think people picture when they picture the Maasai, they picture the very tall people and they've got all the beading work and they've got I think when they take those photos they are dressed up for ceremony because like on the day I saw them they were wearing the um they wear the the cloth like a checkered cloth that's kind of typical Maasai and then they gave me the beaded things so they gave me a beaded bracelet and they gave me a beaded necklace with a cross and and that's the beading work is the tradition of of Maasai that you see all over um 
you know, a lot of a lot in Africa or Eastern Africa, anyway. But um, yeah, that was pretty cool to have heard all your life about the Maasai people. But they didn't do the jumping and stuff. I think that's kind of very, very ceremonial. And <laughs> yeah, that's the. I think the jumping happens as well. It's part of the when you're when a guy has chosen. I'm no expert on this, but I think when a guy has chosen the woman he wants to propose to, don't him and his brothers go to the house and jump up and down and that's part of the courting. Google it. Um, <laughs> I will. I'll get Darius. He does fun facts at the start. So I'll be like, fun facts. Fact so some, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please fact check us before we publish <laughs> this. Um, yeah, okay, so I asked you about your favourite country, but... Um, you know, it's hard to say as well because we don't want to be rude, but what was your least favourite experience or your least favourite country or somewhere that you maybe wouldn't run back to? Interestingly, Not that I, I mean, I kind of, I'm not the sort of person who says I, I really hate that or I really don't. I kind of, I find everything kind of interesting. I don't know if I'd rush back to Cambodia. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Not that I didn't like it. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to explain. It's also obviously has a very tragic history and recent mm. history as well. Mm. And I did go to S21. Is that yeah. what it's called, the school? S21 or 26, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's 21 yeah. or 20. Again, fact check, but it's the school <laughs> and the, yeah, just the stories of the torture. It's pretty, pretty horrific. Um, I don't know. Again, I'm not saying I wouldn't go there. I'm not saying I wouldn't go there again, but there was, I don't know, there was something about the energy of the place or, I don't know, maybe you, you hear that many tragic stories. but uh, it as well, I think, sometimes in, like, what succession? Like, because I say that for me, uh, like, Denmark, uh, which I would totally go back to, but, like, I think I'd, when I went to Denmark, I'd had a bunch of amazing trips before it. And I'd also loved Sweden so much, which was so close to it. And although you don't compare, you know, they're not apples for apples or anything, but when you'd had a, when you come off a bunch of amazing trips and then you go somewhere that is, is nice, but it was, it was all also kind of nice to go like, I don't, yay, I've seen it very good or that. I don't have to go back <laughs> immediately. Yeah, and if you if you went to Denmark before, like you say, if you went to Denmark before you went to Sweden, you might have fallen in love with Denmark and went yeah to Sweden because it's the next one. Even like a lot of people, like it's it's way more common for people, to, from what I gather, to have been to India first before they go to Bangladesh. Whereas for me, I went in the other order. Like India is so full on and it's in your face, and I'm like eh, you know, I've been to Bangladesh. Like Bangladesh is like that. But when I went to India, I was like, oh, yeah, it's just like kind of just like Bangladesh. Yeah. And not that I didn't like India, um, but I just going back to your favourite country question, again, it's very hard to answer that question, but Jordan is definitely way up on the list as well. And that, and, and, as I've mentioned earlier, that's a place I lived for a year and a half as well. And I think it is the kind of country that you actually grow to appreciate and love it the longer you're there, for me anyway. Oh, yeah, and I think, I mean, I saw a lot of your photos and they were incredible. So if I wasn't already keen to go, 
uh, you, you did sell it very well. Um, I was meant to be going in October, so it's a bit of a I was I was all ready to ask you for all your tips and oh. tricks. And, um, I would have probably only got to Amman, but um, uh, yeah. So tell us a bit more about that time of living in it's the Middle East, isn't it? First time I went there was a was a deployment was a month uh, the month turned into seven weeks but that was to fill in as the as World Vision Syria Response Communications Director so I filled in and that was in winter which is really interesting and it snowed which you know it's sort of you don't expect it in the Middle East even though I obviously I did my did my homework and my research so I was prepared for it and then when I was there I found out that that role they were actually advertising the role and they were looking for someone I thought hmm I like it here so I applied for the job and I remember doing the interview I just arrived back in Australia and I did the interview I was very jet lagged I think I downed a few hundred mils of coke just to get me through the job interview <laughs> uh, just because I was so tired and then yeah then I went back I got the job and then I went back in the April it's just such a fascinating place uh it's a lot of the codes very dry it's very arid but there are the great thing about having lived there for over a year and being there through all the seasons is you what you see is that in in the winter when it rains it actually believe it or not gets really green in the north of the country like you kind of feel like you're in Europe beautiful hikes and wildflowers and because of the history of the place it's a hike is also you know a, a a history lesson as well. You come across Roman ruins everywhere and um, mosaic floors of um, churches that are a thousand years old. It's amazing. It's not just walking in the bush. It's walking in its history. And you're, and it's not like Australia where everything's organised and very ordered. Order is good sometimes, but there you're kind of walking along thinking, are we on someone's property? They go, yeah, yeah, that guy lets us walk here. And you're like, oh, okay. So it's all very, <laughs> it's quite informal. And obviously everyone's heard of Petra, which is amazing. But there's a place called Wadi Rum, which I don't know if you've heard of Wadi Rum. No. <gasps> you have to Google it. It's amazing. It's actually, if you've seen the film The Martian with Matt Damon. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was that was filmed there in Wadi Rum. Mm. Amazing desert, beautiful red earth, but these huge kind of boulders and canyons or wadi, which is the Arabic word for canyon, canyon gorge type of thing. And it's actually not that far from the Red Sea. So you're down near the coast, but you don't feel like you are. And I've been there many different times, probably four different times. And you can stay in Bedouin um, Bedouins are a tribe. You can stay in Bedouin camps, really basic ones or more luxurious ones. I've slept on, you know, just like a thin mattress on the desert under the stars, amazing hikes and, you know. And a, on the- a Bedouins for the listeners is like kind of like a Arabian Nights type, you know, sort of camp set up that, you know. Yeah, what but you Bedouin are people. The Bedou are the people. That's that's the name of the tribe. But some of the, yeah, some of the camps are really basic and some of them are just glamping. My mum is not a roughing it kind of girl. So I took her to the most luxurious camp and she thought it was amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really, and I, you know, I found the people really friendly and I studied Arabic. My Arabic's not that great, but I studied Arabic, which is really fun. 
was going to say, how's your salam walakum? Oh, yeah, yeah, walakum salam. And it's, <laughs> believe it or not, I actually learned how to read the letters and write them. And, oh my and God. the more you learn, you think that's not that complex. After a while, you think that anyway. But it was really fun um, practicing Arabic. And I had a lot of local friends and also international friends. And um, I just loved it. It's funny, Jordan seems to be one of those places that people either really love it like I did and then you get the other group who think it's boring and I don't get those people. I don't understand why they think it's boring. No, I've heard very, very good things and, um, yeah, just yeah, very rave reviews from a lot of people who go and just that. Again, I think it's somewhere like, you know, people might have been to Egypt and things like that, but no, a lot of people go to Middle Eastern countries. So Jordan seems to be a bit of an accessible one and um, it's something if you've never been to the Middle East, then it is quite, you know, it's very different to other places. And it's just such a, I, it's such an amazing part of the world. And my job was across a few countries. So I went to Lebanon a few times as well and Turkey and Iraq or the Kurdistan region of Iraq anyway. And I, and I loved all of those places as well. And because I went there a few times, you're there in different seasons. The last last time I was in Iraq, it was well over 45 degrees every day. And then another time I went there, it was in the middle of winter and, and it was cold, really cold. And I just, I don't know, I felt, again, I felt very comfortable there. Yeah, people hear Iraq and they have all sorts of yes. you know, views on what that means. And, and, you know, some of it's true, but... I, it is really beautiful and, um, you know, I found the people really friendly. I was in the Kurdistan part. I haven't been to, you know, the other part of Iraq. I haven't been there at all. But I really I really enjoyed my time there. I think it's it's very hard, you know, like I, I did see a few women go to Syria and these two other travellers who I follow who are trying to visit every UN-recognised country as well and they, they went to Syria and, the really sad thing for these countries, Iraq, Syria, I mean, Iran as well, Afghanistan, is that they they are countries with with people and with beautiful lands um, that could be really, you know, somewhere that people would be interested to see and look at, but they have wars and they have, you know, troubled political situations and that is that detriments the people's lives and that's so de- like disappointing because there are these beautiful parts um that people could see but we're not getting to see them because they're just marked off as war and bad and dangerous and i don't know i know lots of people who have been to syria pe- people i met in the middle east but obviously they went there before the war and they raved about it. They loved it. And my job was the Syria crisis. Working on that was my job. But because of safety concerns, we weren't actually allowed to go to Syria. Even though World Vision was working there, we, it was local staff who were, who were running, running things there. But, I, you know, hopefully this war ends at some stage. And I'd, I'd love to visit Syria. I think that would be really amazing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I do remember you working. I did get to talk to you quite a lot while you were in Jordan because I think I was working on the social media team at the time. So we'd uh, we get a lot of uh, we need all your updates and things like that. So it was really cool. And then you went to the Pacific region. So you've been a lot in the Pacific of late. Yeah. So the past few years, uh, my role was until six months ago. My role was across Papua New Guinea, Solomon Islands, Timor Leste, and Vanuatu. 
And I've been to each of those countries many, many times. And I'm currently still doing some work for World Vision in Vanuatu. But, yeah, and really amazing places. And the, the cool thing about some parts of those countries, especially somewhere like Solomon's, is they don't really have a tourist train trade. Mm. Like they have, if you're a hardcore diver, that's definitely a destination that people go. But, you know, most people you meet are not hardcore divers. But there was one part of Solomon's I went to on my last trip there a year ago, a province called Tomotu, and it's just the most raw, interesting travel experience. You go to this island, you're like, you would just never go there on your own. I went there for work. You, We were told before we left Honiara, the capital, that we could go there and the shops have run out of food or et cetera, et cetera. So we stocked up on tins of tuna and other things that were going to last a while and then you fly somewhere and you land on this grass runway and then get on a small boat on the open ocean and it's and then you arrive on a tiny island and we stayed in the the village chief John was his name we stayed in their <laughs> hut their guest hut it was the best like it was it was so and we were there for work but it was amazing and then to get to the other communities you're going on a boat we probably it poured rain probably five different times a day. So you were wet, cold, dry, hot, wet, hot, wet, cold, dry, all throughout the day. It's just, it was the best. It was such a good, it was such a good experience. And, oh, if this was video, I would show you, but I um, <laughs> I was given, do you know what a conch shell is? Yes, yes. A big giant. One of the village chiefs presenting me, presented me, I guess, because I was a, you know, was a, a, a visitor, a foreigner, he presented me with a conch shell and gave it to me, and I have it here. I can see it in my lounge room. So it was just amazing, like just such an incredible experience. I mean, yeah, they're experiences that, you know, you can't you can't really sometimes plan for or, um, you know, yeah, they're not going to be on the typical tourist list. And, again, I think sometimes people are a bit worried about going to some of those places. I mean, I went to Papua New Guinea last year and, like you said, there's some amazing diving in these places and perhaps it is just recommended that you you are going through a reputable company or something like that. That is a safer way to do it. But certainly, there, you know, you can go there and, um, yeah, Timor Leicester has, has, has had their issues as well. But there's also... A lot of people too. I, again, I feel very comfortable there. Um it's beautiful. The people are really friendly. Like you walk Dili, which is the capital city, and it's pretty small, 250,000 people. Bondia, they, um, the Portuguese were there for about 400 years. So the local language is a mix of Portuguese and other bits and pieces. So Bondia is good day. You walk down the street, get ready because everyone is saying good day to you, literally every person. And you're just... And there's a lot of roosters. This is so random. But <laughs> everywhere you go in Timor, they call it the sound of Timor Leste. So you hear Bondia and you hear roosters and you hear them all day, every day. It's kind of funny. But yeah, I really, yeah, yeah, I really liked it too. And it's, I've probably been there half a dozen times, maybe, and every time for work. I haven't been there for a non work trip, but still. Still you still get to see a bit and um, get mm. to experience, and, and sometimes we get to experience on those trips things that, like we said before, you would never get to experience as a 
typical tourist uh, and that's to see the the way people live and to see their community and um, to be welcomed I think I just I that that's what blows me away on all of those trips is how welcoming uh, people are and how much they just want to share their culture with you and invite you in and I've, I've always felt very humbled by that there's so many yeah i'm completely with you there's like i said like that solomon islands that tomoto experience you, i you just wouldn't have that experience because you wouldn't have the context you wouldn't know the village chief you wouldn't and there's just so many and in, in a place like that like i said it's it's a raw experience a lot can go wrong and we had to I think, wait for a day to get fuel for the boat and and you, you know you need really a really experienced boat driver and our guy his dad taught him about the sea and he was amazing just the way he he looked at the sea and he analyzed it and he knew what was happening and you felt safe with him yeah. you felt really safe with him and that's a great thing about for me working for an organization that I trust that know you know I know they have our best interests at heart and safety and all security and all of that is really important um, but, yeah, and you just kind of, you just roll with it. You're like, wow, I didn't know I was going to end up here, but how cool is this? I think you have a particularly wonderful attitude and, and uh, like you said, a very a zest and interest for uh, for other people and for other cultures, which is you have to have in that role. And I think it's not for everyone, but... Um, not for everyone. <laughs> like we said before, it's not necessarily always glamorous, but it is It is certainly always interesting um, and always uh, there's you never know what's going to happen uh, on any given day. So, well, I'm so grateful for you coming and chatting to me and it was it's, it was a pleasure traveling with you and it was a pleasure working with you and I'm uh glad to always have you around now to get tips <laughs> going to Timor Leste I'm going to Jordan what, what do you yeah. say I'm going to Iraq today what's happening <laughs> you've probably been to more than I have no nah, I reckon we'd be on par I reckon if you oh. sat down and really wrote but I'm I'm at 64 um 57 are UN recognized so that's that's my goal now so I'm being quite um selective in future about where I go and even trying to plan a trip with Matthew he's like oh we can't go there because you've already been or we've got to come on we're trying to get the country count and I'm like but I really want to take you to Nepal and do a trek and he's like okay okay well I guess we'll that's do that another one. really beautiful country we can okay. go on we could, we could. I'll, pro- I'll have to get you back. We'll I'll get you back. But uh, thank you for your time and uh, happy, uh, happy lounge room travelling. <laughs> thank you for listening to this great chat between Emma and Susie. Uh, did you enjoy it as much as I did, Emma? loved it it was just so nice to catch up and especially this we did record it during um covid uh Susie was in lockdown so just really nice to see uh, a lovely friendly face and um just to relive some travels super fun yeah sound sound like you guys were having a great time <laughs> uh well, look and we'd love to hear what you think i'd love to hear um you know, Susie went to a lot of places. So if you have any comments, questions, uh, please do email us, info at yeah. lovelytravels.com. Where else can they find us, Darius? Well, they could go on Instagram. 
at Lovely Travels. They could check out our Facebook group, the Lovely Travels Facebook group. They could check out our brand spanking new Facebook page, Lovely Travels, or they can get more information on the website, which is lovelytravels.com. That's lovely with two L's in the middle. I wonder if people are ever like, who's this Darius guy? <laughs> Lady Lovely is just chatting all about herself. I am, yes, yeah. I'm heavily branded this uh, this thing. But Darius is also we- lovely, but with a single <clears throat> L. So he's he's included in the lovely traveling. Thanks, guys, for <laughs> for making me part of this lovely community. Yeah. Plus, we decided an episode or two ago that I am delightful, Darius. Yes, agreed. So we're going to have to change the pages to lovely travels, lovely, lovely and delightful travels. I'm just wondering, like, no one has ever said, like, where is your website, Darius? And there is a website that I have, but I mostly use it for getting employed. So <laughs> so if you want to see that, email us and we'll happily provide it. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely right. employed, so you can't have him. Okay, but we can talk about it. <laughs> and it, not by me. I do not pay. This is a mutually Much. agreed givement of time. Yeah, it's all about... Giving and taking, right? I give and you take. Take, take, take. It's a passion <laughs> project. We're having fun. We are um, having fun. We're learning lots. We're um, filling the airwaves with our lovely voices. Um, yeah. We're meeting new friends. And we absolutely, honest, honestly, though, absolutely love it. Love to love hearing from you guys so please do head to those channels remember to rate review subscribe um especially on itunes it really helps but um you know subscribing on your google podcasts or your spotify also super great and then just tell your friends old school tell your friends yeah um the link for every every 10 friends you tell your next coffee is free i just don't think we can make those promises darius no, if they tell 10 friends and come to either of our houses, they will get free coffee. Okay. That's, um, yeah. See you next week. <laughs> See you next week, everyone. Bye-bye.